0: You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the RAND Corporation. I'm Evan Banks.
1: And I'm Deanna Lee. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's May 17th.
0: It's clear that the digital revolution has transformed how Americans consume the news. But how has it changed the way the news is presented? To find out, Rand conducted an empirical study of U.S. journalism in print, on television, and online. It's part of our wide-ranging exploration of a phenomenon we call truth decay, the diminishing role of facts and analysis in American public life. The study used a powerful text analysis tool to comb through thousands of newspaper articles, television news reports, and online news stories from over three decades of reporting. This allowed our researchers to identify and analyze patterns in the language findings provide quantitative evidence for what Americans can already see in the media. Opinion and subjectivity are more prevalent in journalism today than in the past. But it's important to note that this change has been subtle, not wholesale. The report concludes that journalism has by no means shifted from, quote, Walter Cronkite-style serious reporting to fiction or propaganda. Also, newspapers have changed the least over time, only slightly shifting from a more academic style to one that's more narrative. We'll have more truth decay research in the coming months. For now, if you're interested in the study or our past work on the topic, visit rand.org/truthdecay.
1: Tensions are rising between the United States and Iran. This week, several Rand researchers discussed this important issue in the media. According to two of our experts, Ariane Tabatabai and Becca Wasser, neither the U.S. nor Iran is seeking a conflict, but both countries have taken actions that have made confrontation more likely. To de-escalate tensions, and to prevent a situation where some small misstep spirals into a wider conflict, Washington and Tehran could seek to re-establish communication channels and look for available off-ramps, say Tabatabai and Wasser. Tabatabai also weighed in on the difficult position that Europe finds itself in amid these rising tensions. Last week, Iranian President Hassan Rouhani announced that Iran would stop adhering to some provisions of the Iran nuclear deal, the multilateral agreement the U.S. withdrew from one year ago. Tabatabai says that Rouhani's announcement sent a clear signal to European countries. If new U.S. sanctions make it so Iran doesn't get any benefits from its participation in the nuclear deal, then neither will Europe. And so Europe is stuck in the middle. If it follows America's lead, it risks sinking a nuclear deal it sees as essential to its security interests. Instead, Europe could signal its commitment to the agreement by taking some steps to help Iran. But that may alienate the U.S. Whatever comes next, Tabatabai says the stakes are high. If the deal falls through, it will increase the risk of U.S. military action to curb Iran's nuclear program.
0: A new RAND report examines the drug policy landscape in Asia, where, historically, illicit drug use has been addressed with harsh punishments, including compulsory treatment and the death penalty. The report lays out three case studies to demonstrate how these policies are shifting throughout the region. Thailand, for example, is moving toward more progressive drug policies, the Thai government is focusing more on harm reduction and it has approved the use of medical cannabis. Meanwhile, the Philippines is moving in the opposite direction, taking an even harder line against drugs. Under President Rodrigo Duterte, the Philippines has embarked on a violent campaign against drug distribution and use. According to human rights groups, the national police force and vigilante groups have committed thousands of extrajudicial killings since mid-2016, and hundreds of thousands of people have surrendered to authorities for suspected involvement with drugs. Beyond the obvious human rights concerns, the report points out that this is a, quote, particularly dubious approach for improving health outcomes. The last case study considers China, where the government faces serious obstacles to stemming the flow of the powerful opioid fentanyl from its borders. Fentanyl is responsible for a growing number of fatal overdoses in the U.S. In 2016, synthetic opioids, primarily illegal fentanyl, were involved in nearly 20,000 opioid-related deaths. The Chinese government is aware of the problem, but there is little infrastructure in place to regulate the drug and chemical industries. And so far, Chinese fentanyl producers have been able to adapt quickly and stay ahead of regulators.
1: Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg recently wrote that the Internet needs new rules. He called for regulation to address harmful content, election integrity, privacy, and data portability. Rand's Daniel Gerstein agrees. But why stop there, he asks. Gerstein proposes three additional areas that expand on Zuckerberg's rules. First, there's security by design. This means that security should be incorporated during the design phase of a new device, system, or service. This will likely take on more importance as we approach the so-called Internet of Things, where everything from your front door to your refrigerator is online. Second is networthiness. This means ensuring that Internet systems meet appropriate and up-to-date standards. Today's Internet is a hodgepodge of different generations of digital equipment, says Gerstein, and unclear standards for what constitutes privacy could threaten networks and users' personal information. Third, updated business models. Many of the Internet services we use, like Google, Facebook, and Twitter, are free or almost free. This is because these companies spend their own resources to collect user data— then, they sell that user information as well as advertisements. According to Gerstein, failure to revise this business model will likely only encourage more of the concerns that already exist with internet security and privacy.
0: What's driving increased activity by Russia and China in the Middle East? Rand's Christian Warmuth recently testified about this topic before the House Foreign Affairs Subcommittee on Middle East, North Africa, and International Terrorism. She explained that China is interested in energy and economic opportunities in the region, while Russia is seeking to reestablish itself as a great power on the world stage. Wormuth also discussed what these developments mean for the U.S. Notably, she says, neither country seems interested in taking over America's security role in the region. The U.S. should, quote, focus tightly on its vital national interests in the Middle East. While this region is important, policymakers should also remember that having a broad vision for global competition is the most pressing need for the U.S. right now. You can read Warmuth's full testimony at RAND.org.
1: RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision-making through research and analysis. For more on what we covered this week, check the show notes at RAND.org slash podcast.
0: We're off next week for the Memorial Day holiday, and we'll be back on May 31st. See you then.